is Family Sunday. I don't know if some of you knew that or not. And so some of our younglings are in here with us today. And I wanted to start out to make sure and kind of bring them up to speed that we're on a series called The Ten Commandments Then and Now. So I'm going to give a quick little recap. But I want to start off. um, uh, This may or may not be a true story that may or may not have happened here at Huntsville Christian Church. But there was a Sunday school teacher discussing the Ten Commandments with the five and six-year-olds. And after explaining the commandment to honor your father and mother, the Sunday school teacher who shall be named anonymous asked the question, is there a commandment that teaches us how to treat our brothers and sisters? And without missing a beat, one little boy answered, thou shalt not kill. (laughs) May or may not have happened, but it's still funny. Here's the thing. We should obey God's commands out of love for him and our fellow man. How many of you know what a law is? My young, young people, you guys, if you know what a law is, raise your hand. It's okay. I won't call you by name or anything, but you can say, all right, how about our adults? Do you know what law is? All right, good. Okay, some full-on participation here. That's tougher than I thought it was going to be. All right, do you have rules at your house? Young people, rules at your house. Yeah, this is yes, this is no. It's, all right, so there are rules in the home. Who would share a rule from your home? Who would be so brave as to just holler out a rule? What's something that you're not allowed to do? Or something you have to do? No food in the bedroom. No food in the bedroom. Rick gets in trouble for eating in the bedroom. <laughs> Good. Uh, one of our house rules is take out the trash when it gets full without being told. You can see that it's over the line. It's over the limit. Just bag it up and take it out. We shouldn't have to say, take out the trash. It's a house rule. They... <laughs> maybe, maybe one of your house rules growing up, and, and most of us, if you were my age, you probably had to do this. It was, you had to taste everything that was on your plate. And the house rule that followed that was, you weren't allowed to spit it out even if you didn't like it. You had to chew it up and swallow it because you had to have the full effect. The house rule. House rules are not always fun. All right? But we had to do it. Maybe you had rules like don't hit your sister. Or maybe some rules in your home were look both ways before crossing the street. Not yelling inside the house. We had to use your indoor voice. I, I was not born with an indoor voice. <laughs> Most rules are meant to keep us safe. Keep us safe from harm. Other rules are there to help us have good manners. Things like no elbows on the table. You know, those kinds of things. Chew with your mouth closed. Rules have to do with how we behave. And today I want to tell you about some of God's rules. And what I want you young people to know is after three months in the wilderness, the children of Israel came to Mount Sinai. And and this is where God told Moses to come so that he could give them the rules to live by. We call them the Ten Commandments. And they were meant for our own good. They teach us how to behave towards God and how to behave towards each other. God wrote these commandments on tablets of stone that Moses was given. The first four commandments tell us how to behave toward God. And the first one is that there's only one God and we should serve him only. The second commandment is we should make no idols, which are images of other gods. The next one, you see, God doesn't want us to make up anything or anybody more important than him in our lives. The third rule, the third commandment says we should not use God's name in vain. We should not use it as a swear word. The fourth commandment says to keep the Sabbath day holy. You see, God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And he wants us to use one day a week for resting and for being thankful to him. 
The next six rules, the next six commandments, if you will, are from God, but they tell us how we should uh, live and how we should behave toward one another. And so the fifth rule says, young people, honor your father and mother. That also includes your grandfather and grandmother. That includes an aunt and an uncle. It includes whoever it is that is caring for you and loving for you. The seventh rule says that married couples should be faithful to each other. The eighth rule says do not steal. And that is where we're going to begin today, is you shall not steal. You see, God gave us these rules to live by because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. I told you guys at the beginning of the series, this painting behind me is going to transform, it's going to grow, it's going to change as we go through this series and, and as we get towards the end, so you've got to come every week to see what's going to happen. But as we get to the end, it's going to make sense. And uh, you may notice there's a lot of gray in that picture. And you would think, well, if we're painting a picture that maybe will ultimately point towards God, there should be more white or more light in it. But the problem is we live in a world, unfortunately, where there's a lot of gray. Even though the Lord says you shall not steal, we like to, to quantify that. Well, I'm not, I'm not really stealing. I'll give it back later. But then you forget to give the weed eater back to your neighbor. He goes out and buys a new one. So then you go, well, hey, he gave me that old one. It's how it happens sometimes. Mark, I'll get you that weed eater back, I promise. (laughs) There's no black and white anymore. Everybody wants to make the world gray. But the commandments are pretty simple. You shall not steal. And we're going to really talk about that in some different ways. We all have our own understanding of what it is to steal. God gave us Ten Commandments to keep us safe, to give us wisdom, to show us how to live. In your house, your parents had rules at your house because they love you, because they want what is best for you. And the children of Israel at first thought it was hard to live by these rules, but after a while, they realized things worked out better when they obeyed God and followed His rules. And after many years and a lot more rules, Jesus came to explain it all. He said this very simply, He said, we should love God first with all that we are, and we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. You see, if we're going to love God, we must love Jesus as Son. And once we love Jesus, we'll be able to love each other. That's what God wants us to do. If we do this, if we remember the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. If we remember that one, it makes it easy to follow all the rest. The bottom line is this, when it comes to stealing, God values productivity, He values integrity. He values generosity. This commandment, you shall not steal, is about loving God enough to respect other people's possessions too. Stealing includes, in case you're wondering, taking items that don't belong to you. In our society today, it could also be considered defaulting on loans, not paying your bills, cheating on a test, goofing off at work, cheating on your income taxes, Claiming to take a sick time when you're not sick and you're going fishing. Easy. Stealing cable services. Even though your neighbor's giving it to you, you're not paying for it. What's the big thing you see when you go to a movie now? Illegally downloading or copying this movie is piracy. It is a crime. Pirating movies, songs, software, music, or printed material. Now, you may be thinking, I don't do any of these things. Good for you. You know what else is considered stealing? Not giving to God. I'll give you a second for that one to sink in. 
You see, our God is the giver of good things. He's a giver of great things. He blesses us with 100% of what we make or what we earn. And when you as a Christian choose not to give a portion back to God, it's like you're stealing from him. Malachi says this in in chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. He tells us that God promises to bless those who bring their full tithe and offering. And he also wrote that if you don't bring your full tithe and offering, then we are stealing from God. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Malachi writes, will a man rob God? Yeah, you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I think it's interesting that this is one of the last things that the Lord says through Malachi before he chooses to not speak for 400 years. He leaves wisdom in what it is to bring a tithe and an offering back to the Lord. Now you may be thinking, yeah, but that was the Old Testament, John. What about today? Well, that's why I called this series the Ten Commandments then and now. See, it all comes full circle. I want to start with some wisdom from the Apostle Paul because apparently stealing in some sort was an issue with the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, Paul wrote to them, And a part of this letter is titled, The Christian's Walk. If you look in your Bible, it should say something like that, depending on what translation you have. And and Paul basically says to them, Hey, church, stop stealing and start working for your money so you can share with the needy. Look at Ephesians 4.28. Paul says, He who steals must what? Steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Now, he didn't say to the church in Ephesus, he didn't say, hey, share with those who have a need. He didn't say that. He started with encouraging people to stop stealing. And we don't know what they were stealing. We don't know the whole story. But for some reason, he felt it important enough to say, stop stealing and work and bless others. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 26, Jesus says that when we steal, we don't trust in God's provision. See, God will provide all of our needs. We don't need to steal. Listen, from Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? See, Jesus says, if we're going to steal, we're not trusting in God to provide like he says he's going to. Remember this. When it comes to trusting in God, when it comes to your needs being met, we are the only created being that God created in his image. And you are worth more than a bird. You are worth more than a flower in a field. And he will provide for you. 
God will meet your needs. He will not disappoint you. We don't need to steal to get ahead. We simply need to trust in God and in his provisions for us. He provides our jobs, homes, clothes, food. And he also expects us to give back to him something else that God wants us to do. Since we're supposed to be a reflection of him, is work. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verses uh, 6 through 10, that if you're working, then all of us are to pay taxes. If you're working, we're to repay our debts. The scripture warns against defaulting on loans and, and neglecting our bills. You see? Look at this, verse, um, verse 6. It says, For because of this, you also pay taxes for rulers and servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. <clears throat> Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Love Excuse me, for this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up by saying, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. See, even though the Bible warns us, says we shouldn't take out loans, God's word encourages us to. Pay the debts that we incur. I bring that up because sometimes we think if we can get out of a debt, that, that that's okay. But it's also considered a type of stealing, to not pay what you owe. Even encourage those that loan money to forgive the debts of others. I want to encourage you, if you've loaned a family member money, the problem with that is it may only be $100, it may be $500, it may be $1,000. We loan money to a family member and then they can't pay it back for whatever reason and then we stop talking to them and then we hate that person and then all this bad stuff grows and all this content. Right here we're giving an example of if you've loaned someone money, forgive that debt. My stepfather used to say, if you have it and you can loan it, then do it and forget about it. He said, no friendship, no family is worth the heartache of someone owing you money. He said, I've seen it tear up too many things. So if you do that, I want to encourage you to, to forgive that debt. I probably should have borrowed some money from some of you before we... No, I'm kidding. No. Um, we're also encouraged, everyone is encouraged to give freely and allow others to borrow things from you without asking anything in return. You see, ultimately, Jesus is presenting a picture to us of a caring kingdom. Wouldn't that be great? Where people give to others freely out of love. I believe that in the, the Christian walk, we all play a part in this. I always say that I have, I have a part. There's my part. There's God's part. There's your part. And in Christ's kingdom, if we all do our part, there'll be no need for stealing. Not because of a lack of food or because of a lack of shelter or clothing. Ideally, there would be no need for loans or debt. Because people's needs are cared for by one another. I know you may be thinking, that's not very likely to happen in our society. You're right. But things used to happen that way. Back in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, the early church expressed these principles in how they cared for one another. 
There was no need for stealing. If I had something and you needed it, I would just give it to you. Because I believed that God would provide for all of our needs. Let's look at what Acts chapter, three, chapter 4, 32-37 says about sharing. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. Can you live that way today? Not claiming that anything belonging to you is your own, but that all things are common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving the testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the, feet, at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed as anyone had need. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and, and he owned a tract of land. He sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Let me ask you a question. What would it look like? Just think this through. Maybe close your eyes and, and not look at all this stuff, but think about this. What would it look like if we began to live this very principle that I just read to you from Acts, what if we began to live that principle right here at Huntsville Christian Church? What's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. What would it look like if we lived that principle? The reality is, it all belongs to the Lord first. Well, for starters, we would all know each other better. We would trust one another more. We wouldn't just be lenders of mowers and trucks and stuff. We would be living life together with trust and transparency and intentionality. We might even begin to help each other more. Hey, can I borrow your mower? Mine broke. How about not only will I loan you my mower, but I'll bring it over to you. And you know what? Since I'm bringing it over to you, I'm just going to go ahead and mow your yard so you can go do whatever it is you needed to do this afternoon. Or how about this? My car broke down, so someone loaned you their car. For the day, for the week, for a month or two. And when you bring it back to them, make sure it's filled with gas. Make sure it's clean. Make sure they know you appreciate the use of the car. You see, in an ideal world, we would never need or think that we need to steal because we would be providing for one another. We wouldn't be jealous if somebody got a raise and we didn't because our needs would still be met. I think that this concept of this Acts church, and I bring this up because everybody says, well, we, we're doing church wrong. We need to go back and do it like they did it in the book of Acts. And I just shared that with you. And so who wants to come up and leave their keys at the front for your house? Who wants to just leave your checkbook so that the elders can designate whatever you have for the needs of the people in this room right now? You know, the sad thing is, in our world today, the only time we see a glimpse of this is usually after a disaster, a hurricane, a tornado, an earthquake. And right now, there are complete strangers who are driving down to South Florida and Texas with supplies and needful things for people. Why does it take an evening 
of Black Friday shopping to bring us to a place of hatred and discontent for one another in the name of celebrating Christmas. Because I got to get that TV that's marked off 80%, but it takes a natural disaster for Americans to start coming together and caring for our neighbors as neighbors again. It's because we forget, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. And we get greedy and we forget to care about each other. We start to justify stealing from the company or from the government or from our friends or from our families, maybe even from God. Did you know that the Hand in Hand Hurricane Relief Telethon that was on TV the other day raised over $44 million? And that was just one event. What if we treated every day like a hurricane telethon? All these people, the NBA, we're going to match dollar for dollar up to $20,000 for every player that wants to give. What if we live like that every day just because there are people in America who are in poverty? Because there are children in America who do not eat three meals a day. We would all be giving as there was a need. The sad reality, I started looking up some, some things about stealing and, and a, a good amount of people who've been caught stealing in the past 10 years, and I couldn't get an actual statistic for it, but I just, as I looked at news stories and different things about, about stealing and about shoplifting, some of the number one items that were stolen this last five years, diapers, formula, baby food. Not cars and trucks and, and the people... And then I did one about people getting caught stealing, shoplifting. It wasn't teenagers stealing an album, excuse me, a CD, an iTunes card. It was parents. There are countless stories about hardworking families trying to make ends meet. And for whatever reason, they just can't meet. And so you've got stories. That, now, most of these stories that I read were followed up with the the people, the the companies didn't press charges, and then the policemen would come back around and go grocery shopping for these families. Or, so there were some good things coming out of this, but the fact that as a parent, you get up one morning and say, we've got electricity, we've got some food, maybe all the bills are paid, but we're just out of diapers. You can't wash those things like you used to. Once they get wet, they just swell up. And then a dad goes out and tries to steal a bag of diapers. If we did our part, I believe that would change. We have to be alert. We have to pay attention. We have to listen. And when you listen to the people around you, you will hear what they're struggling with. When you listen with open ears, you may be the one that alleviates somebody's need to steal. When you see with open eyes, when you open your eyes and see the world, world through God's eyes, and you actually see those in need, maybe you can be the one that helps to alleviate that. It's on us, Christians, to help one another through this thing called life. It's on us. There's, there's so many different facets of stealing when it comes down to you shall not steal. 
It's not always just big physical items. It's not always, um, you know, banks being robbed. And, because that's what we equate it to. Well, I'm, I've never been a bank robber. I didn't. I had a guy, a friend of mine who's, who's a pizza delivery man, had a gun pointed to his head, was held up for $28.32 and a large pepperoni pizza. There's some serious need out there. And a lot of it we can meet if we open our eyes and we open our ears. And we can be the difference in that factor of someone's life. As we come to our response time this morning, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the people in your network, the people in your office, the people in your school, the people in your classrooms, the people that you see in front of you at the grocery store, people you see behind you at the grocery store. If you're at the gas station and the person in front of you is actually counting out pennies and nickels and dimes to get $5 in gas, chances are they need that gas. As we come to our response time this morning, I want you to think about opportunities maybe that you can prepare yourself to see and hear to be a difference maker. Take some of this gray out of this picture of life that we live in and be the light that we're called to be. We're going to do a responsive reading again. If you all would go ahead and stand. And as you read through this, think of where you are. And as we come to the end of the responsive reading, we're going to go right into our response song. And I just want to challenge you to respond accordingly to God's word, to what he would have you do. If you need prayer about something, the elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. If, you, if baptism is your first step, then the baptistry is ready. We'd love to celebrate that with you. If you just need a plan, if maybe there's something on your heart where you're like, hey, I want to start making a difference, we can give you some direction on that too. Will you do this with me? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. If I have been stealing, I must steal no longer, but must work 
It's been great to be here with you all this morning, to worship with you, to share with you from God's Word. But now it's time to go. As you go this morning, I want to challenge you to think about not just this commandment, you shall not steal. Think about all of them. Go back and look at Exodus chapter 20. Read verses 1 through 25 or so and and look at them this week. Mainly so that you don't forget number one. You have no other gods. We get distracted easy in our world. And when we forget the main thing, everything else becomes justifiable. Whether it's stealing or anything else that we're going to continue to talk about. So I want to challenge you to, as you go, look at the Ten Commandments this week. And remember number one, and be a reflection for him. Will you sing this last song with us?